Welcome to Hindsight, the podcast with your hosts, Lee and Eric. I am so happy to have with me today a career and life coach who can get my career and my life on track. I'd like to introduce Melody Mitchell Wexler. How you doing, Melanie? I'm fine, thanks. Thank you for having me. Thank you for accepting my invite. Now, did I say Melanie or did I say Melody? <laughs> I'm not sure. You know what? I always, I just respond because so many people never, so, a lot of people mispronounce it, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And so I honestly tune it out. <laughs> at, at 48, I've tuned it out through most of my life and and I tend to just respond. <laughs> so... That's awesome. well, I appreciate you responding. I think I said Melody, but in my mind, I said, did I say Melody? <laughs> so you could have, and honestly, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> so I've seen it all. I've heard it all and seen it spelled 50,000 ways that aren't even close. But. That's funny. So, so Melody, tell me, what, what does a career life coach do? That's actually a very good question. It's a question that my family, I think, when I made this decision to leave my career of a re- as a recruiter for 18 years, w- was even asking. I know that I have friends that ask this question. Um, basically, a career and life coach really helps align both your career and your life kind of simultaneously. I always, you know, I believe that if you have a crappy life, and I know that sounds really harsh, but if you have like a crappy life or have crappy things going on, you're probably not being your best in your career and vice versa. If you've got a crappy job, you are a hundred percent bringing that home to your significant other, to your kids, your family, you know, to, you know, your friends, whatever the case may be. And so you're probably not being, and I think this is an overused term, but you're not being the best version of yourself. So as a career coach, I really help individuals get um, everything from their resumes, preparing them for interviews, uh, helping them with their LinkedIn profiles and showing up for what I call their personal brand and really having them own that. Um, oftentimes we don't think of ourselves as our own brand, but we truly are. Okay. And you know, and then also helping them with goals, helping them with their mindset and, you know, building up their confidence. So many people, both men and women have such a hard time, you know, boasting about themselves or telling their story. And they tend to, you know, fade into the background, which is often why you see people that are wonder like, why can't I get hired? Or why can't I, you know, I'm not being successful in the job search. The job search is, you know, I think that's one common thing that we've all been through at some point in our lives and it can be brutal, you know, and and it can be often lonely. And then you throw in a pandemic and then you throw in, you know, industries that are being, you know, kind of decimated like the hospitality industry. And you've got a lot of people looking for answers on how to do things. And often they're too close to the subject matter to see the best way to present themselves. So that's ultimately what I do. I help them present themselves to be the best possible versions of their self, whether it be from their career perspective or their life perspective. 
So how long is a typical session, like the length of time? A couple months, a couple weeks, a couple hours? Yeah, <laughs> it's usually anywhere between a couple of weeks if I'm working, say, on their resume and their LinkedIn profile. Um, other clients I do more extensive coaching with, we, you know, we break down things from, you know, how to build their brand on, you know, um, present themselves as a subject matter expert on LinkedIn, but also, um, you know, getting into helping them with their job search and keeping them accountable for it and being a partner with them in that. So it can last anywhere from a couple of weeks um, to, you know, to several months. And I have a lot of my clients that I started with in the very beginning that still come to me for questions. I just had um, a couple of uh, sessions this week where they were my, some of my older clients and, you know, they just needed to check in. And, you know, so we, we, answer we talked about their issues and what they're f focused on and what they wanted to overcome and ways to get around that so so it can vary depending on what a person wants give me an example of say you were calling yourself for help like give me an example right. of who would call you or who would reach out to have a session you know what i'm saying for help yeah no definitely and i actually just did a video of this um i did a facebook live um oh wow of this very question of like, who the heck hires a career coach? <laughs> um, it was the title of the video. And so ultimately the answer to that question, is, and I, and I, my answer to this question, I suppose, is I say successful people hire career coaches. Mm -hmm. And now success is obviously defined individually. You know, we all determine our own what is success for each of us. But that being said, I you know believe that successful people, one of the things that we know from the most successful people in the world is that they invest in themselves. And those are individuals that see that they don't have all the answers and are not afraid to ask for help. Right. And that's ultimately, you know, I'm a partner with somebody in this, you know, I can't, you know, I always used to, and I say it now, you know, I was a recruiter for 18 years. My product, as odd as it seems, is a human being. There's so many things in this process I never controlled and I still don't control. You know, I could never control if somebody was going to show up for work or accept an offer or do well in an interview, no matter how hard we practice, you know. So, right. um, and the same goes with this, you know, I'm here to partner with you. I can't make you do the work but I can give you the tools. I can give you the advice. I can help get your resume in shape and use all of my years of experience from that perspective. Um, and I can, you know, incur, but I can also encourage you and I can be your cheerleader, but I'm also a very non-biased, you know, I don't have necessarily a stake in the ground with what, you know, what's happening at home, right. um, where you've got f friends and family that, you know, of course, if you're unemployed or pushing you to be employed, um, it's not as easy as snapping your fingers. Um, you know, maybe not accepting every, you know, a job offer. And then you tell your family that and they think you're like legitimately insane. Like, how could you? <laughs> um, but maybe it wasn't the right job. And how do you figure that out? So, you know, those, it's it's really nuanced um, from all the types of things that I can help somebody with. So I think the simplest answer is a successful person that's willing to invest on invest in themselves, but also willing to ask for help. And that can come at any level because I work with people from college graduates to C level executives. Oh wow! 
speaking of levels and different types of uh, people, I have a military background and, and I recently, well, three years ago, recently retired from the military. And it, was, um, it wasn't too difficult to transition, but it was a stressful time in that, you know, during that time period mentally, right? So in a time, in a time sense, I was able to do what I had to do in a timely manner, but physically and, and mentally, um, I was kind of drained and spent. So have you right. worked with any military um, personnel who were, you know, prior or getting out at the time? Yeah, I actually, well, first off, thank you for your service. My, my stepfather was in the military. Um, he, that's a whole other story, but, um, so we just have a, we have a, um, just a profound, uh, gratitude in our family, um, for military servicemen and women. And, um, but yes, I have actually, and I've worked with military, a lot of individuals coming out of the military um, throughout my career. So not just as a coach, but also as a, as a recruiter. And I think that one of the things that, I mean, you may be able to relate to is coming into the private sector is so different than, you know, the military where everything was, you know, regimented, you knew what your day was pretty much set out to be every single day for, you know, the past few years, you, you had very defined tasks and orders and, you know, you knew what your mission was and then you're kind of let, you know, come into the private sector and find that, you know, I think sometimes military um, servicemen and women have a hard time adjusting into that and, you know, kind of figuring out how to also, how do they relate the task and activities that they have done in the military and they're in their in that role how does it relate to something that they want to do in the private sector when i was coming out i just had a bunch of i guess not fears but um uh, just how i thought things would be right and yeah they weren't really the way I, as bad as i thought and maybe it just could be where i landed up working at is just you know different but i doubt it right but but it, it could be that, right? Yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to know that. So I've agreed to have a session with you. I've agreed to take yes. you on. And what is the first thing? First two minutes, three minutes of our session, our initial session. What what do you tell your clients? In the very first initial few minutes, the first thing I want to know is what are your goals? What do you hope to see at the you know end of our time? So whatever that may look like, um, but you know, what are your goals? What is your, you know, what do you want to accomplish in this? That way I can always make sure that we're staying, one, we're on track, mm -hmm. and two, I clearly understand what you're looking for and that I can, you know, that I make sure that I stay on track with that as well. Um, sometimes as a recruiter, the recruiter sometimes gets the best of me because it's still it's so ingrained in me that I, you know, there's times that I meet somebody and I get so excited. I'm like, oh, you could do this and you could, and, you know, and that's not anything that they want to do. <laughs> and so it's important for me to be aligned with what are the goals. And oftentimes we'll come back to that, you know, we'll, we'll consistently t rediscuss the, that first original, like here is the end goal here, where are we at in achieving that? Okay. And, you know, we'll go through that process and look at it. So, but that's the first, legitimately the first question I always ask. I'm already working and 
Let's see. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think of something because I'm kind of good right now. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of a scenario, right? But I'm not being fulfilled. Right. So I'm trying to find fulfillment. I like what I do, but I'm not fulfilled by it. The thing that I would that I like to do with individuals that are kind of in that space, um, and I've seen that, I've seen a lot of people since the pandemic happened of really kind of analyzing like. I got to kind of take stock in my life and my career. Mm -hmm. um, I usually like to have individuals do the wheel of life exercise where they rate um, eight categories in their life and on a scale from zero to 10 to kind of see where they're at. Because sometimes it's not always about, we put, a, we put you know, the sense of we must have career, you know, and of course, I do believe you should be fulfilled in your career, but it could be something else that's happening in your life that's not necessarily making you feel completely fulfilled in that area. Maybe there's other areas that you're not fulfilled as well. And so I always like to have kind of an inventory and you can all and after doing this exercise, you basically, you know, you do the little tick marks and rate it based on the first initial number that comes to your head. And then you look at this wheel and you see where you're like, where your wheels deflated, right. maybe, you know, and, or where it's perfectly aligned and where that's matching up. And that's a good indicator to tell you, like, those are things that you, those are the things that you need to focus on. Um, in terms of career and, you know, fulfillment directly, the thing that I also like to really ask individuals is, you know, what are their values that they're looking for in their career? And not just values of like honesty and trust and things of that nature, but, you know, what it, what did they want out of their job? Right. You know, for some, it's all about the money. <laughs> you know, it's for some, it's like, you know, they get that that emotional high when they get their paycheck and, right. you know, like that drives them. Okay. But for others, they want to be of service. You know, they want to help others or they want to feel like they're making an impact. And oftentimes we do tasks that maybe don't necessarily allow for that. So we can dive into ways that you could figure that out at a deeper level within your current company, or maybe it's not the right company for you. Hmm. And then having to look at, okay, well, if you accepted this job, is it a toxic work environment? So you can go down that rabbit hole of a lot of different things. <laughs> but I always say the first thing anybody really should do is take stock of, you know, um, it's friends. I break it down to friends and family, significant other, personal growth, health, money, career, home environment, and then fun and leisure. Beautiful. So yeah, that, so that tackles a lot of different, what well, it at least gives you a, uh, uh, a place where you can start to create a plan, right? To kind of right. navigate them to where they probably want to be at. Yeah. Cause sometimes I think sometimes we throw ourselves, like if your home life isn't in balance, like if there's a lot of stuff happening at home that is stressful, sometimes we throw ourselves into our career and then we're like, Oh, but I'm not happy with my career. Right. You know, <laughs> and it's it's not really the career that's the issue. <laughs> right, right. I was on your Facebook page. Yes. And you talked about the 10 productivity hacks to apply to your life. And I'm going to say yes. like right now, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, now. Yeah, right now. Stop what you're doing. So 
follow the 80-20 rule. Explain that to me a little bit. So following the 80-20 rule is, I'm trying to think of the well, best well, way well, to. Let's, well, let's let's do it like this first. That's, that's inconsiderate of me as a host. <laughs> let's, let's go down all 10 of them, all right? And then, and I'll read them off because I, I don't know if you have it up right now. But number one. Is, I actually, yeah, I do have it up. Well, so. you, you, it's, your, it's your thing. So you go ahead and read it off. <laughs> it's all good. So um, oftentimes I write things that, you know, I do actually post things that um, I apply to my own life when I'm a little bit out of sync. Um, and so, um, and I did, a, I did do this post just recently. And the 10 tasks were to get your important tasks done first you know what's the most important thing you know on your list limit the time you spend on social media plan your day the night before and really kind of give that some thought and you know really be able to see what your day is going to look like also break down your task and this is kind of like micro scheduling um, is to break them sometimes we we give ourselves if you're like me you give yourself a to-do list a mile long right. and then you get overwhelmed and you're like i'm never going to accomplish all of this mm -hmm. and so but sometimes if we like right now i'm in the process of getting a new website up and running and i and i literally stressed over what i had to send to my website developer right. and <laughs> I, and it, honestly, it was so stupid that I stressed about it because it was like the simplest things. Like he didn't need me to give him, it was like our first official thing. He just needed some basic stuff. Right. And I was like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. I can't do this. <laughs> and because I was thinking of it as a whole, you know, right. like all of the content, all of the pictures, all, you know, he literally just needed like three or four or five things from me. Right. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like, he's excited about working with me now. So, but no. Um, so yeah, so break it down into task. Okay. You know, really break it down in terms of like, what is due? How am I going to accomplish X, Y, and Z? And then um, turn off all the notifications on your phone. I am, you know, of course, a lot of my job requires, you know, I'm on the phone all the time. So my phone's usually with me 98% of the time, but I've even gotten to where I put it on silent mode. Um, and, you know, not even um, recognize my phone, like if I'm in a real, you know, trying to get resumes done or working with clients so that I don't have any extra distractions. Also rest, sleep and exercise that I think is really important. You know, you cannot run from it from an on an empty. You can't you know, you can't pour from an empty you know pitcher or whatever the saying goes. But, right, right. Um, you know, you can't run on an empty tank. So um, take more breaks. We are so like chained to our desks sometimes. Get up, stretch, even if it's just like I'm going to go for like walk around the block or something you know take take more breaks you know give yourself that freedom also divide up your to-do list spread it out you know again this kind of goes back to the number one but you know figure out the things that need to get done first you know maybe that's the things that need to be at the top of your list and then you know spread it out throughout the week because reality is you're probably not you, we only have so much time in the day Right. Um, and then the 
the last two is follow the 80-20 rule, which I'll come back to. And then lastly, consume knowledge over entertainment. I've recently jumped on to Clubhouse. So I'm trying to, you know, instead of listening, you know, instead of maybe watching, having something on the TV while I'm working, um, you know, trying to kind of, you know, give my brain some, you know, knowledge in, in terms of that. Right. Um, and to go back to the 80-20 rule, basically it's 80% of our outcomes. Um, I'm going to mispronounce it. It's the Pareto, Pareto principle, but it's basically 80% of our outcomes or outputs result from 20% of our um 20% of our causes. So basically identify the most, where you can be potentially the most productive and make that your priority so that you can, and then you'll find that you'll get, you'll achieve probably 80% of that. You know, also you'll probably see where a lot of your tasks have things that relate and to do those, you know, kind of in tandem. So being able to can combine those. So Definitely appreciate that. So now is the opportunity for you <laughs> to teach me something or what is something that you've come across so frequently that you'd like to say pass on? So it's like almost all your sessions, right? This is something that no one really pays attention to or this is something that everyone could be fulfilled in, in knowing or, or something like that. So give me, give me one thing. Um, teach me something today. You've taught, yeah. me, you've taught me a lot, but now I'm just putting <laughs> you on the spot for one more thing. <laughs> well, the one thing that I would tell everybody is if you're in and if you're going to be starting your job search, if you're going to be in doing interviews, the thing that I find that all of that is probably the most common trait that most people have is, um, is, is the lack of confidence in going into the the activity that we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that the people that are most successful with their job search sometimes are not the people that are the most qualified. It's because they truly believe in themselves and they believe in um, their abilities and they can, you know, in essence, they convey that to, through an interview or they convey that through through working, you know, management and meetings or projects or whatever the case may be, you know, wherever you can kind of apply that to yourself. And really, you know, if you are kind of lacking confidence or, you know, afraid to speak up, you know, take some time to find things that can help you build that mindset and really invest in time to really help with your, you know, building up a positive mindset of who you are and embracing that. Because I think that no matter where you are in life, that, you know, it's important for all of us to step into our, you know, our, our given purpose and our given talents. And it's really, you know, and you're going to shine more and you're going to see that your career will blossom, but your life will, you know, but you will also have a really positive and happy life as well. And I think that's the thing that, you know, people get so, whether you want to, you know, people just don't have that confidence in themselves is the thing that I see the most. And I would just say that, you know, that that's the thing that, and I continuously work on it on myself. 
um, you know, and believing in my own abilities. And so, you know, definitely that's the thing that I would, you know, really encourage somebody to, you know, take hold of and embrace. That, hey, I appreciate that. That is a very important message. I still tell people that I'm shy, right? And for the people who know me, like, they're like, yeah, right, stop, you know, stop it, right? <laughs> but to your point, I work on that all the time. Um, being in the military kind of helped you because they just propel you in front of people all the time and you got to perform or act or do something, right? But I'm constantly questioning myself mentally and then I have to overcome that hurdle, right? And I do it, for the most part, I believe it seamlessly. Like, I don't think anyone outside of my own self, my own mind sees it. But it is something that needs to be um, addressed or at least brought to everyone's attention. Like, you put a lot of the fears and a lot of things in your own mind that's not even there, right? Yeah. For, for whatever reason, you know, that's just that's just how it is. People, you know, wonder, like, well, how did he become, you know, I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. I mean, that's, I was a painfully shy kid, um, growing up and, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people I went to school with could tell you that, but, um, you know, but I entered ironically ended up making my career in having to sell, you know, which I wasn't never necessarily, um, the, um, natural salesperson, you know, I had to work with clients. I had to work with candidates. I couldn't be afraid to speak up. And so, um, you know, I, I always kind of said that was a different persona. The person that was behind that desk is not the person that's on the flip side, but right. you know, and there were days that that other person would try to sneak in and be like, no, you're a shy girl, <laughs> you know, like, um, what do you think you're doing? But, and then even more so when I, entered into my own business and started my own coaching practice that even forced me even more. And, you know, which is not, it is not my comfort zone, but it is something and Atlanta, that's why I continuously, you know, work on it myself. But, um, you know, it's also the thing that I see from men and women. I mean, I literally, I've had this, you know, same conversation, you know, with women, of course, about, you know, we're told that not, you know, to typically be humble and, you know, don't brag about yourselves, which is the exact opposite of looking for a career. And, <laughs> right. but I literally, you know, just talked to one of my clients who is, you know, he has his own law firm. He's a uh, human rights. Um, he's a human rights attorney. Very well, you know, he, he's, he's very well known in the DC area. Um, but he's like, I hate talking about myself. Yeah. You know, and you and if you look at his you look at his profile, you're like, oh my gosh, you're so impressive. And he's like, I'm an attorney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he's like, I don't, you know, he's they were like, you know, he's always like somebody wants to have like this big bio on me, and I'm like, I'm an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so he he's right now struggling with like how to show up on LinkedIn to spread to share his, you know, his expertise more and his message and, and the things that he does. Cause he's like, I don't, I'm not doing this for the attention. Right. But I'm like, but the subject matter, which you work deserves the attention so that people can be informed. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Where can people find you? How would you like so to you can, you? Yeah, no, you can definitely find me on, um, you can find me on Facebook. 
and it's just M Wexler career coach. And as well as, um, you can, or career coaching M Wexler, um, as well as you can find me on Facebook or, or that was Facebook. Sorry. You can find me on Instagram, which is M Wexler career coach. And also, um, on LinkedIn as well. I do a lot on LinkedIn and then I'm also on Clubhouse now. So I'll have to look Clubhouse up myself. You would like it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to get on as soon as we get done here. But I did forget to ask you. It was it was two questions I wanted to ask you. One, how is COVID affecting your business? And then, and then two, because you can answer both of these in the same one. Two, do you do only in person or do you do virtual and in person? Go ahead. So when I first started, I did, in, I did do some in person, but now I do, I moved to, I moved to all virtual even prior to COVID, um, just so that I could work with anybody throughout the United States. Uh, in terms of how it's impacted my business, actually this time last year, and I was really talking about confidence and not owning owning successes and things of that nature. I actually didn't talk about it a whole lot because this time last year COVID had happened and I got really worried. I was like, oh my God, nobody's gonna, nobody, if you hurt, if you just listen to the news, you know, all of a sudden everybody became unemployed, everybody became broke and right. we were all trapped in our houses. Like right. that was kind of the thing about the news. The reality was Yes, a lot of people did lose their jobs. There's a lot of uncertainty out there, but there was a lot of people that were still working. Right. And, you know, the world didn't quite fall apart, you know, and so we oftentimes only hear the negative things or focus on that. I actually had an uptick in my business and last year um, in the spring into the summer was probably the best that I'd had since 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm seeing that kind of happen again. Typically the holiday months are just slow with staffing and hiring and recruiting anyway. So I always expect that to be the same for me because people don't, um, it's actually the opposite. I would tell people that's the time to invest in themselves because it's usually a, a slower work period, right. but people tend to like, turn you know turn off the engine and be like yeah i'll do that you know i'll do that in january um you know which i say go into january being prepared but um you know so now people are finally getting back into it and i'm definitely seeing that uptick in um clients again for the spring so right so it really hasn't you know there's been some slow times but it truthfully i've seen more clients because people are finally really understanding that nothing in this world is permanent. Our jobs are not permanent. You know, like even though we say we have a permanent full-time job, that's not true. <laughs> right. And it's really has people evaluating what they want to do in their jobs and how they want to, you know, where, where do they want to be in the next few years? Are the questions or are the um, requests or what they, what we, uh, you know, we as people, what we want to get fixed, are they more um, desperate? I mean, I think it's a mix. I mean, I've worked with people that are coming from the hospitality industry oh, and, yeah, I get that. you know, and I think there's a lot of uncertainty of like, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. um, I'm fortunate that those particular clients were all very, I mean, I knew they were nervous and scared and, you know, we would have those conversations, but overall they handled it fairly well. Um, you know, given the situation, they didn't just panic and freak out, which isn't going to help anything. 
Um, but that also being said, I think that, you know, I've had a lot of people that are just in that state of like, I am no longer happy and I need to make a change. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Okay. And that's, you know, so that's the thing that I think is really has been the, you know, the biggest thing is just really, um, you know, really just kind of evaluating that, that aspect of things and evaluating their career. So it's, it's been a mix of, you know, people that are kind of, and that's usually too. I mean, I see people, you know, um, that are unemployed that are looking for some change and then also people that are employed. So that's a pretty common mix for me to have at any given time. One final question before we close. Yes. What book would you recommend that I read right now? So right now, the book that I'm recommending is a book that I'm actually reading right now. So it's called Everybody, Everybody Always. It's by Bob Goff. Uh And Bob Goff wrote his first book was called Love Does. And, you know, there is a religious aspect to it. But the reason I like Bob Goff's books are one, they're very easy reads. So you, you don't really want to actually, um, the way he writes is so relatable. And his big thing is about how we should love everybody Mm. and how to extend love to everybody and the things that we do and how that can improve people's lives. I truly love this book just because it teaches me to, it really reminds me of how to be a better person and how to be a giving person, you know, and even those people, you know, but it's not so like, oh, if somebody's wronged you, you should, you know, you right. need to love them. And, you know, cause that's a hard thing to do, but he, he teaches you really how to, he just puts it in, in a perspective and I'm not doing the man justice in it. Um, but he just really teaches you to, it just makes you think of like how you behave on any given day. And are we extending an act of love, you know, to those people that maybe we wouldn't notice maybe the homeless person on the street or, um, you know, how can we change somebody's life? And, you know, and that's the thing, like, and, you know, just really truthfully how that, you know, not only changes that person's life, but it changes your life. So what's the book called again? So the book is called Everybody Always, Becoming Love in a World Full of Setbacks and Difficult People. Melanie, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And I've learned a lot, honestly. And the biggest thing I learned is that I honestly thought that I had to be in D.C. to acquire your services. Thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate your insight. Thank you. for listening to our podcast subscribe to hindsight the podcast and never miss an episode find us on instagram at hindsight underscore the underscore podcast and don't forget to leave a comment